Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park and fellow music fans, I'm Kayla. And I'm Bethany, and we're the hosts of Standing BTS from the Consequence Podcast Network. We're a bi-weekly show that covers the impact and legacy of K-pop group BTS. We mix the perfect blend of research and fangirl as we take a deep dive into lyrics during album reviews, theorize over music videos, and keep up with their current events. No BTS topic is off limits. We welcome everyone into the conversation, whether you're a casual fan, committed ARMY, or someone who's just curious about one of the biggest music groups in the world. Come chat with us every other Thursday with a new episode wherever podcasts are found. Consequence Podcast Network. Bill Withers was, in 1971, for lack of a better term, a grown-ass man. He was 32 years old when his debut album, Just As I Am, was released. And you know what? You can totally tell. 1971 is regarded as one of the best years for popular music, across genres. And so many of those people making that music, even the most sophisticated of it, were on the young side. And the folks Bill Withers' age, like Marvin Gaye and Curtis Mayfield, had been in the business for most, if not all, of their adult lives. What that meant is that Bill Withers, unlike so many of his younger colleagues, had an entire life full of grown man jobs and grown man problems, and grown man experiences, but also, unlike the contemporaries who were also grown, he hadn't put any of his stories to music yet for the people to hear and relate to. He wasn't a 32-year-old successful musician writing stories a rich man would have. He was a U.S. Navy veteran from the Deep South, from Jim Crow South, with a job in a factory, and apparently at least one ex-girlfriend who he went through some things with. Bill Withers wrote about the kind of stuff that happens to 32-year-old dudes with jobs and destructive thoughts and baby mama drama. Dudes with good days mixed in with the bad ones, but the bad ones seem sometimes like they outnumber the good ones by a lot. A 32-year-old who sure could use a break and a drink and, like, a date? And, to be totally honest, a therapist. 
preferably before the date. Bill Withers told regular stories in an extraordinary way. And that is a huge part of why we're still talking about his debut album, Just As I Am, 50 years later. In this episode of The Opus, we'll look at the factory worker whose blue-collar life, paired with one of the most smooth and now recognizable voices in soul music, led a regular guy to his legendary debut. For the Consequence Podcast Network and Sony Legacy, I'm Jill Hopkins, and this is The Opus. Let's do it good. of Bill Withers on the cover of his first album was taken outside of the assembly plant of Weber Aircraft, where Withers was employed until just before the album's release. I feel like it's important to stress that Bill was working there at around the same time as Just As I Am was released, and wasn't still working there when the album came out because he got laid off, and not because he wanted to be a star. That also means his co-workers at the plant knew what Bill was up to on the weekends, and they definitely made fun of him. Well, they knew what he was up to on, like, three weekends anyway. The entire 12-song album was recorded in three-hour blocks over the course of just three sessions, with a six-month break between the second and final sessions. That's enough time to think that maybe this won't happen. That cover with Bill in blue jeans and a t-shirt, smiling, those sideburns, ooh, on point. And he's leaning against a brick wall. That cover photo was taken during his lunch break. You think Bill Withers had PTO? No, ma'am. You can come and take these pictures and leave while I still have time to eat. Huh. Said Bill Withers, probably. Which might be why he thought the benefits of trying out the music thing was the better option. He said to Andy Green from Rolling Stone magazine in 2015 that one day there were, quote, two letters came in the mail. One was asking me to come back to my job. The other was inviting me on to Johnny Carson. I mean, I think I know what letter I would answer myself. I got to talk to Jose James, who's a fantastic singer, songwriter, and musician, who released an entire tribute album to Bill Withers with 2018's Lean On Me. It's on Blue Note Records. And he said, I think the the path of being a, a musician and an artist that all of us really travel, he didn't travel. He didn't have to go in the treatment circuit, you know, and work his way up. He wasn't, you know, playing little clubs and getting to know people and, and impressing musicians. 
he literally, what, at the age of, I think, 28, started making demos, 30, you know, started shopping his album around, finally landed Clarence Avant, and then Clarence got him basically the best band in L.A., and then his first gig was like doing Johnny Carson, you know? <laughs> so like, I think, I think it was so, um, I don't want to say unsubstantial, but like, you know what I mean? Here today, gone tomorrow. He's like, I don't know. Now I'm hot. Cool. I'm going to do this thing. And, and they like my songs and on to the next one. Here's Andy Green from Rolling Stone. He became a full-fledged adult long before he became famous. So many people become successful singers when they're in their late teens or their early 20s. They're not fully formed people yet. So fame almost defines them in their minds as who they are as an adult and as a human being and as a satisfied person. And they can't imagine any other lifestyle that could give them like any sort of joy. Bill was in his 30s. He had multiple lifetimes before anybody knew his name. You know, he was in the Navy, he worked at a factory, he was a mailman, he had, he was working, you know, he had all, he had become a full-fledged adult as a regular anonymous guy. So when he became famous, it was just sort of this thing that happened to him, but not something that was who he was. Singer, songwriter, musician, and fan of Bill Withers' Aloe Black had a similar entry point into the music business. And a lot of that was because of Bill Withers. I didn't have any commercial success until I was uh, 31. And it was about the same time age that, uh, that Bill Withers had commercial success. I feel like because I've had the opportunity to live life and to experience the world outside of the accolade and and uh, limelight of stardom, I can bring that information to the, write, the songs that I write. And I can bring that attitude to my engagement in the music industry. So the album's cover and its title were so literal. This was Bill's full representation of his life up until that point. And lives like his. He acknowledges where he happens to be in the exact time and place he was living in during Do It Good, perhaps the jazziest sounding track on the album. If you read the album cover by now, you know that my name is what my name is. When I came in here to try and do this, something I've never done before, Mr. Jones, Booker T said to me, don't worry about it. Just do what you do and do it good. There's a mix of confidence and vulnerability that it takes to just kind of lay it out like that. And I think about that a lot. As a younger person, I don't think I, I would have been mature enough to say something like, listen, I just got here, and I've been told by people who are better at this than I am that I deserve to be here. And I'm choosing to believe them and taking their advice and trying my very best, and I hope that you like it. I would have just lied. <laughs> I would have been 
full of bravado. Wait, did I just figure out where hip-hop came from? Bill Withers counted his active career as just eight out of the 80 that he lived. Just As I Am was released in 1971, and Bill decided to walk away in 1985. But Bill didn't count the time where he wasn't, like, working, working, you know. That's 10% of an incredible life. And not a very long time at all. And he walked away on his own terms to do whatever he wanted or nothing at all. He had a wife. He wanted to be a dad. Those are as good of reasons to do anything, I think. Not to mention, here's Aloe Black. He was skeptical about how fickle the industry could be. And then when he realized that the industry wasn't serving him, serving his soul anymore, he was willing to leave. And, and he did. And that is, is huge. It really shows what kind of man he is. You know, for his first album to be called Just As I Am, it's like he came and went just as he was. He didn't allow the industry to uh, change him in, in any, you know, substantive ways. And Bill wouldn't be the first or the last person whose spidey sense about the business went off immediately. But he was and still is one of the only people to be able to walk away from it on his own in the way that he wanted. And still, throughout the rest of his life, come out on top. Andy Green. Very few artists who truly walked away from their careers, that there was never a comeback tour. I mean, there's people who've gotten very sick or something that were off the grid for years. Yeah. But as far as true hit makers, true icons that left fame and vanished there's almost none of them because there's so much money he could have been playing casinos and just minting money for decades he had so many he had so many songs but he didn't do that it became just a very small sliver of his life so it just sort of this blink of an eye he had this moment where he did this and he didn't like it and he left it and that was that the last time we spoke to john batiste you know from stephen colbert and all those Grammy-winning albums, he hadn't won his Academy Award for Pixar's Soul yet. But he has now, so go ahead and add that to his many accolades. I think at this point, we can also just add friend of the show. I think that the industry is not built for artists. It's not built for creatives. It's built as a mechanism to transact the work of creatives, but it's not built for creatives to have a healthy lifestyle and to have a healthy creative flow state. And someone like Bill, who didn't come from aspiring to be an artist as, as a kid and wasn't a child star, you know, he wasn't, you know, no shade to any of the, you know, Disney Channel or the, everybody who comes up and, is, and, you know, wants to go to Hollywood, he wasn't that guy. So I think he saw it from a perspective that was very pure and also from the perspective of somebody who worked on jobs where you had to 
really get your hands dirty. And he, he really understood the value of hard work. And when you make something with your own hands and when you do something, it's yours and you, and, and, and you can be proud of that. So there's a lot of issues of ownership in, um, in the music industry. There's a lot of issues of, you know, artists feeling like this art that they made, that they created, that comes from their life experience and their blood, sweat, and tears go into this and it goes on the stage and it goes out to the people and sometimes they're left with nothing or they have to fight for ownership or they have to fight for autonomy. And he understood that on a very, very deep level. And I think he was justified in that. Bill Withers made just eight albums in 14 years and then just walked away. Not just because he was through with the industry or wanted to hang out with his family, but by all accounts, he just didn't enjoy the act of performing for people nearly as much as someone who does that for a living maybe should. And there wasn't really anyone who could tell him to get out there, push him out on stage, put him on a bus or a plane and send him to Cleveland. Bill, even at the height of his success, didn't have a manager. Because he didn't have a manager, he got booked on these weird tours where he wasn't happy. He didn't like the traveling. I think performing as great as he was, because that Carnegie Hall record is, oh my God, that's maybe his best record as far as I'm concerned. It's just the emotion he puts into those songs. He didn't like playing. And back then, you, 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 you got more money for your albums and create singles and for touring. You know, the touring was just a way to promote the album. So it wasn't a big, big part of his life. He did a private show in 04 when he got paid a fortune by the owner of the Detroit Pistons. That was his last concert. <laughs> he kept saying no and the offer kept going up. And eventually it was something like $5 million for like 45 minutes. And he's like, you know what? Fine. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, got, I can do that. But no, he didn't miss playing live. He, he didn't like it. Did he like it? No. Was he stupid? Also no. Clapped in church on Sunday morning Grandma's hand Played a tambourine so well Grandma's hand Used to issue out a warning She'd say, Billy, don't you run so fast Might fall on a piece of glass Might be snakes there in that grass Grandma's hand At the 2017 Newport Folk Festival, an act called the Grandma's Hands Band took the stage. Phil Cook of His Golden Messenger, Justin Vernon of The National, and a slew of other famous folk folk were behind this one-time-only set that paid tribute to Bill Withers and his songs. The folk music canon is so vast, and this festival has so much history, it's the oldest folk music festival in the world. These musicians could have chosen from so many artists. But as Phil Cook explains, the choice to honor Bill was an easy one. His music, by nature of his grown man life, speaks to all kinds of human conditions. Even, ironically, for someone who hated touring, 
the experience of a band on the road. That group of people that did that tribute were mostly comprised of the band His Golden Messenger. And that band, uh, we've been, we were on tour so heavily the year leading up to that tribute in a 15 passenger van, always in a 15 passenger van with that. So everyone's just on top of each other, Mm -hmm. you know, and adults, like all dads, just like leaving home and then just like in a van driving across Kansas, you know, like all the things. So the music is a really sacred thing. Um, when there's music in the van, I think the older I get, the more people in the, are in the van are kind of the, in their own world, kind of in their headphones, Mm -hmm. just in their space that they have to kind of like conserve, uh, until they get to like all the routines of showtime. So when there is a touch point that feels like the whole band is on the same page, we really lean into it. And it's something that really does get us through the long drives. It gets us through the day after a hard show that wasn't exactly a sound was off, didn't connect with the audience, whatever it would be. I think the live at Carnegie Hall record became this thing that was just like, put it on in the morning, and and by the time it gets to green light red light in harlem and and you get to the end and it just there's that simmer that just goes and goes and goes like you've shaken off every single piece of yesterday's gone as a group and so that felt like it was you know really obvious in that choice that we that was something we had just all a touchstone we all relied on that record to get through the hard parts so when it came time to, to come to new York, newport folk fest which is um a real family affair, uh, you know, as far as how the festival feels backstage as an artist, it feels like a family reunion. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a heart strong festival. Your heart, my heart's filled up when I leave Newport folk. It just felt like it all lined up perfectly. You know, Bill Withers, Newport folk festival, like just even on that windy day, it just felt like the music still just like the vibration still just went out over the water and over people and through everything because that's the power of his music, you know. We're going to continue to talk about the power of Bill Withers' music throughout this season, including in the next episode about the black power behind his music. We'll hear more from the people who know his sound inside and out and some who know it firsthand. We'll look deeper into... That every man, the guy leaning against a brick wall with his lunch pail, who was smiling for the camera, but you know there was a sandwich in there that was taking precedent that day. The ordinary guy with extraordinary songs. For the Consequence Podcast Network and Sony Legacy, I'm Jill Hopkins, and this is The Opus. I'll see you next time. And I promise they'll there'll be some sunshine when I'm gone. Get much warmer later on. Won't I reach for the light and turn it off? Sweet one on me rested in him.
Consequence Podcast Network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online master's of social work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu.